Hey, well, good morning. We're in part six of our Reflecting the Light series. We've been journeying through the book of John, studying the life of Jesus. Those of you that have been a part of our church for a while know that, that we have, especially this year, we've been talking about learning to love and lead like Jesus. Last year, we talked about being disciples of Jesus that make disciples, because that's our job as, as believers, is to make disciples to build relationships, to draw people to Him. And so we do that by reflecting the light of Jesus. So we're studying the book of John right now. Call it Reflecting the Light because Jesus is the light of the world. We found that out in John 1.1. We're going to talk a little bit more about it today. But we want the light of Jesus to reflect in us, to shine through us. We want our lives to be a reflection of Him. Now, let me jump into our message today. Have you ever sat down and had a conversation with somebody and you feel like you're in two separate conversations? Like you're talking about one thing and they're talking about something completely different? I think the character, the person, not character, really the person, he was a, an actual person, not a character in a story. In the scripture today, a guy by the name of Nicodemus, I think when he sat down with Jesus... He was expecting to have one conversation, and he had a completely different conversation with him. And there are times when the way that he thought didn't make sense to what Jesus was saying to him. And we're going to look at that a little bit, and we're going to talk about how we interact with other people. Jesus is all about relationships. He's all about building relationships and drawing people into him. Really, his life is connecting us to him. So let's learn about this today. We're going to start in John chapter 3. It's a long passage, so stick with me on this. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. It's in the New Living Translation that I'm going to be reading out of. We had just talked last week about Jesus clearing out the temple. Remember, John didn't always do things in sequential order, but he did show us these parts of Jesus' life so that we could see the divinity of Him. And this is one of the most important passages. You will know one of the passages out of here, John 3.16. We're going to read that in just a minute. But I want you to hear this conversation. In John chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he spoke with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, We all know that God sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants to. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher. And yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen. And yet you won't believe our testimony. 
But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as, Mo- as Moses was lift- or lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man will be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it. For fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. I'm not sure what Nicodemus was expecting, but I'm sure of this. He definitely got a different conversation than when he thought. He sits down and he comes in. And and here's a couple things. He comes to Jesus after dark. Which means he probably didn't want other Pharisees to know that he was talking to Jesus. He didn't want to be associated with Jesus. Jesus was causing a stir. There was a lot of buzz. The Pharisees were the ones that opposed him the most. If you read through the Gospels, if you read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, specifically, Jesus had the most confrontation with the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They were a group of Jews that followed the letter of the law. They were all about the law. And they butted heads with Jesus. They did not see him as the Messiah. They saw him as somebody that was causing them problems. And so Nicodemus came to Jesus after dark. Now he did something. He said, he talked to him. He said, look, Rabbi, he addressed him as a teacher. That was a form of respect. So Nicodemus, even though he was a part of a group that opposed Jesus, sat down with Jesus, and spoke to him in a tone of respect. There's a couple things I wanted to jump out today, and there's one very big thing I wanted to start out with. And that's this. Don't be afraid to sit down with somebody that is different than you or that believes different than you. For a long time, and I was guilty of this, we, we talked about this, and it, it comes out of Scripture, but it talks about us being separate from the world, and we are to be separate from the world. Our lives should look different than the world's lives because we follow Jesus. We reflect His light. However, Jesus also told us to be in the world, but not of the world. And what that means is this, that we live in this culture, in this community. We have our set of beliefs We don't let this culture or community change our beliefs, but the only way we can change our culture and our community is by getting involved in it and changing it from the inside out. That's what he's talking about. And the only way we can do that is by sitting down with those that are different than us, by building relationship with those that think differently, that believe differently, that we can get into those conversations. That goes back to our being disciple-makers about asking somebody to walk on this journey with us as we walk with Jesus. Eventually, they're going to meet Jesus if we do that. 
See, the Pharisees were the ones that opposed Jesus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Some believe he was the leader of the Pharisees at that time. And he came to sit down with Jesus. And Jesus invited him in. They didn't have an argument. They didn't have any of those things. Actually, Nicodemus came to him out of a point of respect. As believers, we need to be inviting people to our table, inviting people to sit down with us. You know, some of the best ways that we can build relationship is around food, around coffee. I mean, I, I go get coffee with people all the time. We sit down together. We talk. Sometimes there are other believers. Sometimes they're not. That we have conversations. It's where we learn. We grow. I learn so much by sitting around the table with other people. That's what Jesus was doing. And, and Nicodemus found out about Jesus. And Jesus, I mean, he just dropped bombs on him. He just started going and going and going. But the thing that I want you to get, where we want need to start, is we as believers need to be actively building relationships with people that act, think, and do things differently than we do. Now there's one caveat to that. You need to have a solid relationship with Jesus. Going back to last week and when Jesus cleared out the temple and getting the obstacles out of worship and growing our relationship, and, and we talked about at the end of the service that we need to clear out our temples. We need to have a solid relationship with Him. Not to be perfect, but to have a solid relationship with Jesus so that when we sit around the table with somebody else, we can be thermostats and not thermometers. And, and I, I've used that phrase before. I love it. A thermometer just tells you the temperature of the room. A thermostat changes the temperature of the room. And so when we sit around the table, we want to be thermostats. We want to be ones that change the temperature of the situation. Something that Jesus did, Jesus was sharing the purpose and the mission of why he was there. He's sitting down with Nicodemus and he's telling him the way to get to God about relationship. He took control of that situation and he shared that with him. Nicodemus came to him and he shared. He opened that door. For some of us, we may not be able to go in. I don't think it's a great idea to sit around the table with somebody that thinks differently and believes differently than you do and the first thing out of your mouth is start telling them all these things. You've got to work into that, build that relationship. Jesus was in a different position. He had a religious leader that was coming to him to find out about his ministry. He shared it. He went so far to share and to prophesy even about his own life what was going to happen that he was going to die on the cross for the sins of everyone, John 3.16, that God gave his only son. He talked about Moses raising up a staff, that he would be raised up like that. He foreshadowed his death. He foreshadowed that that would break down the barriers between us and him. Nicodemus didn't understand the conversation. He didn't know what was going on. He was confused. Remember at the beginning I said it seems like people are having two different conversations. He could not grasp it. He did not understand it. But he was around the table with Jesus and Jesus was explaining those things to him. He wasn't holding anything back. I love this. I hope 
that we come to a place in our lives where we're not afraid to bring people around the table, that we're walking in such a relationship with God, that we are digging deep into His Word, that we're allowing it to be absorbed into our lives, and then we're getting to know our neighbors, we're getting to know our co-workers, and we're spending time around a table with them. We're spending time getting to know them so that we can reflect the light of Jesus into them. It's not our job to save them, it's our job to show them Jesus. So as we dig into this for a little bit, I want to I kind of come into this passage and share. Jesus shares his mission with Nicodemus. That's what he's doing. He's, he's sharing his mission with Nicodemus, and he does it kind of in one of those jarring ways. If you look back to verse 3, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God for the Jews, to say the kingdom of God, they knew this was something bigger. This was talking about eternity, talking about heaven, about being in the presence of God. See, for a Pharisee, that phrase or statement, they were all about keeping the law, about being legalistic, about doing everything just right. That was the only way you could have a right relationship with God is that if you did everything just right. The problem is the Pharisees have been corrupted and it wasn't... They made rules for everybody else, but didn't even follow them themselves. That's what Jesus kind of opposed them with. But Jesus is saying, look, it's not about that law. It's not about what you do in this earthly life as far as following everything perfectly, because nobody can be perfect. We've talked about that before. I'm not telling you just to go live any way you want. I'm telling you that, that we can't ever be good enough. We can never do enough have that relationship with God. Jesus says, look, unless you're born again, he said that to get his attention. And then he goes a little bit further and says, and Nicodemus is like, well, dude, I can't go back into my mother's womb. How can I be born again? And he talks about a spiritual birth. He talks about something that can only be born of the Spirit. See, our job isn't to save anybody. It's not to get anybody born again. Our job is to introduce people to Jesus and to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work. It's His job to be, for Him to be born of the Spirit. If you look at verse 6, it says, Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Jesus is giving Nicodemus the keys to the kingdom of heaven. But Nicodemus and his, his thinking, he's wrestling with this. He's trying to understand this because it's so different than what he learned as a boy. He didn't understand. The scriptures weren't clear that they pointed to Jesus in this way. They just were stuck on the law and getting everything perfectly right. And the problem with that is that everything had gotten corrupted. And Jesus was sent... His mission was to set people free. To show Him, or to show us, or all people, that by simply accepting the work that He does on the cross, that our sins can be forgiven, 
and that we can be born again, born of the Spirit. That's where that term comes from. Maybe you've been around a church before and you're like, man, born again. Why do people talk about being born again? That's where that comes from. It's not a phrase that, that you know, don't, go, don't invite uh, a non-believer around the table and look at him and go, hey, you need to be born again. I don't think it's a wise way to start a conversation. But that's what's happening. We're being born of the Spirit. Now, you can use the dialogue the way Jesus did. If that conversation comes up, if the Holy Spirit leads you there, sure, use it. But this idea of being born again, being born of the Spirit. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, giving him the keys to the world. His mission, his purpose was that no one would perish. That was his purpose. That was his driving. Look at John 3.16. It says, for, God, for this is how God loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Everyone. Not just the Jews. Not just the good people. But everyone. Everyone that has a relationship with Him. There's a, there's a guy that lives here in Cobb County. His name's Kit Cummings. God's given him a tremendous ministry to prisons. And he sits around the table with people that are incarcerated, and he has led a ton of people to Christ in prison. People that you might think, man, they don't deserve this, but... It is for everyone. Actually, I think some of the most difficult people to reach are those in our suburban areas that have everything. That don't realize that we need Jesus in our lives, but it comes through sitting around a table. You know what happens when we sit around a table? When we share these things with people, when, they, when bad things happen, when the world starts to fall apart, they come to us. They come to those that reflect the light because they see the peace of God in us. The Holy Spirit draws it in. That's when we can have those spiritual conversations. So back to Jesus' mission. He came so that no woman would perish. And I love if you read verse 17. It says, He did not come to judge the world, but to save it. He did not come to judge the world, but to save it. Now, we need to learn this lesson today. You know who Jesus did oppose? He opposed the religious leaders, right? Those are the people that he judged. He said, look, you guys are like whitewashed caskets or tombs. You look really pretty on the outside, but the inside is full of decay, full of just terrible things. Jesus did point out the things in those that were religious leaders that weren't right. That's the only place that we have a place to be able to judge is that when through the power of the Holy Spirit we can see somebody that is following Christ but yet has all of this sin in their lives or are drawing people away, we are to stand up to that. We are to speak boldly against those things. Because that's defiling or defaming or disillusioning the body of Christ. Kind of like what the money changers were doing in the temple last week when we were talking about that. We are to speak out against those things. But people that don't have a relationship with God, 
We aren't to speak out necessarily against those things when we're building relationships. We can allow those things to come up in a conversation. We can allow those things to happen in spiritual conversations with the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in there. But basically, just looking at somebody and shouting at them and telling them that they're this sinner that's going to hell, it's going to push them away more than it's going to save them. But around the table where we can come together, there's power in that table. There's power over a meal. That's why all the celebrations and everything happened around a table. Because around those tables, those conversations are meaningful. They have impact. There's something that's disarming around a meal that we share with somebody. So Jesus shared His mission with Nicodemus that He came to to save those that were lost. Not to judge, but to bring life. Well, we have to remember, Jesus gave Nicodemus those keys. He shared with them this person that was opposed to him, the key. So when he sat around the table, there's power in sitting around the table. There's power in taking the time to sit down and eat with somebody. It opens up the doors to have these conversations. And that's what was happening with Jesus and Nicodemus. They were sitting around the table together and Jesus shared the keys to the kingdom with Nicodemus. We don't know what Nicodemus did with that information, but we do know that he had it. We do know that that's our mission. So I want to bring you to the last thing today, and that's reflecting the light. If you look at verses 19 through 21, it says, And the judgment is based on this fact. It said, God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. We reflect the light. We reflect the light in our lives. And here's part of the problem. When we reflect that light, some people are going to reject us. That doesn't mean we change the way we live. It may hurt. Sometimes people are going to say and do things that hurt us because of that. Jesus said they're going to hate us because of him. But those that are open to the power of the Holy Spirit, that reflection of the light is going to change them. They're going to see Jesus. They're going to want to believe. They're going to ask spiritual questions. So we are to reflect the light and allow the Holy Spirit to do His job. To allow the Holy Spirit to break down those barriers. See, when we're full of sin, when we're full of darkness, when we see the truth of the light, we either run away from it, or we run to it. And some people will push away for a period of time, but if we keep that relationship open, if we show them the unconditional love of God, eventually it's our prayer, and it comes through prayer, by the way, we may have the opportunity to share the light of Jesus with them. They're going to see it in our lives, but we may get the opportunity to have that spiritual conversation, and it may be next week. It may be 10 years from now. Our job is to be consistent. Our job is to reflect the light. Our job is to allow the Holy Spirit to do His job, which is to break down those spiritual walls and barriers and to show them the light. By doing this, we're 
modeling what Jesus did with Nicodemus. We're following in his footsteps. We are discipling those that don't even know they're being discipled because they're learning how to follow Jesus by the way we live our lives. We want to be disciple makers. I believe that we could change this world. We could change our community if we would just be disciple makers because then we are thermostats. We're changing the climate of the world around us by drawing people to Him. So I want to leave you with this as we wrap up today. One, don't be afraid to build relationships with people that are different than you. Actually, I encourage you to seek it out. Invite somebody that thinks differently than you out to coffee or out to lunch. If you don't want to do it by yourself, invite somebody to come along with you. Don't gang up on them, but just build relationship. If you're married, do it as a couple. Build relationships with those that are around you. Invite them around the table. And the second thing is allow the light of Jesus to reflect in your life. That means get your life in the right relationship with Him. Not perfect. You can strive, we're striving to be perfect. I'd love to be perfect. But make sure that you are reflecting Jesus well. That you've cleaned out that temple. That God's light is shining through you so that you can have the opportunity to share the love of Christ with somebody else. I know we talk about this a lot. That's what reflecting the light is. This is the whole 100% the purpose of Jesus on this earth. Now, Paul wrote a lot in the New Testament. So did Peter and others on how we live as Christians, how we reflect that light. But the number one purpose, the driving purpose, is that we reflect that light. So let me pray with you today. And as we're praying, think about people you can be building relationships with. Think about how you can be a reflection of that light. How you can get people around your table. Maybe it's game nights. Maybe it's just, and I'm using the table as an example, but maybe it's mountain biking. Maybe it's knitting. Who knows what it is. But get in relationship with others so that you can be a reflection of the light. Father, we come before you right now. And we ask that you would clean us from the inside out. Lord, we ask that we would have opportunities, that you would give us opportunities to share your light with the world that's around us. Lord, clean us and get us to a place where we reflect you well. And Lord, I pray right now that you would put names and families on the hearts and minds of everybody that's watching this today, that they can be drawing in to you. And Lord, give us the boldness to be able to build relationships with people that are different than us. And help us to be able to speak your truth in love. To reflect you out of love. And to fulfill your mission. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We're excited. We look forward to seeing you again next week, either in person or right here online. We love you. See you next time.